Welcome to Emotional Detox Podcast, where our mission is to get the world feeling again. Here's your host, author, Sherrianna Boyle. Welcome to Emotional Detox Now. I'm Sherrianna, and I'm your host. And I'm also the author of the Emotional Detox Now book series. And today, I've been really looking forward to this conversation, everyone. Um, We're going to be talking about belonging and not just belonging, radical belonging. We're going to be talking about body respect. We're going to be talking about gender identity. I mean, we're going to just be talking about a lot of things. Um, And so to help me with this discussion, I have a special guest here. And my guest's name is Dr. Lindo Bacon. Dr. Lindo Bacon is fostering a global transformation to a more just world where all bodies, listen to this guys, all bodies are valued, respected, and supported in in compassionate self-care. Best known for uh, their paradigm-shifting research and advocacy, upending the weight discourse, Bacon's inspiring message takes us beyond size to shaping a culture of empathy, equality, and true belonging. Dr. Bacon, welcome to Emotional Detox Now. Oh, it's great to um, be chatting with you, Sherrianna. Oh, you're so welcome. So you have a new book. I see. This is not your first book, correct? Right. It's book number three. Um, okay. My first two books were, as you mentioned, about upending the weight discourse, where yeah. I was focusing on how damaging the, um, the message is that says thinner is better. Yeah. And helping to support people to appreciate their bodies, appreciate one another, helping to change how healthcare practitioners deal with the issue of weight. Mm. So that's, that's, that's where I started. Hmm. And my most recent book kind of puts that all into perspective and looks at the fact that it's not just People are not just dismissed because of body size, but of course, there's a lot of other ways in which they're not shown respect in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Race, gender identity, disability status, all those kinds of things also play a huge role in our opportunities and the roadblocks we have and how people treat us. And we need a world where where we respect more people, where we don't have this idea of who gets to belong and who gets to be valued. Mm -hmm. And that's what this most recent book is about. It's called Radical Belonging. Mm -hmm. And I think the subtitle also really captures something really important Um, because what I'm really looking at in this book is how to survive and thrive in an unjust world while transforming it for the better. Mm. And so I hope to give people a toolkit to kind of manage what it's like to live in this world that's so unkind to so many people. And also it's what it's like to live in a world when you have a lot of power and privilege too, and how, how narrow that makes your world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's looking at the whole idea of what is it that we can do to help us all um, appreciate Um, the unique qualities everybody has and create a culture where we all get respect and support and valued for who we are. Thank you for that. 
Can you share with our listeners a little bit of what it's like when you don't get the respect? I feel like if we could just take this back a little bit and talk about what that experience is like, because I'm not sure if everybody gets that, Lindo. I'm I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, if they really understand what that is like um, to not feel that you're respected. And can you share a little bit about that? Um, Sure. And I'll I'll share an experience in which I didn't do so well. Um, Okay. It was... Um, I, I had invited a friend to go out to dinner and my friend is really large. And when she came, the chairs just, they had arms on them and they just weren't wide enough to accommodate her. Mm. And it felt really horrible to her. I'm sure, you know, embarrassing to just feel like, you know, here she is in a restaurant that she doesn't, that they haven't created space to make her feel safe and comfortable and even eat and Mm. you know and I was also thinking about how I don't have to think about that as a slender person so it didn't even occur to me to think about the restaurant I was inviting her to and wonder and and check it out in advance to make sure she would feel comfortable and safe Mm. and so that's that's just one example and all of us have our, our different spaces of marginalization, you know, whether it's about mm-hmm. race where we're just not accommodated or whether it's about race and we have a lot of power. And so we're not really able to notice when our friends aren't included or somebody says something that might be um, disrespectful or we might not notice the ways in which when we hire people, we're not seeing the full range of people. Mm. So um, I I think I got away from your original question. Oh, your original question. That's a great example. What what is it like to feel? And I love that example, Lindo. I think that it it really, it it gives people a sense of what that is. Because a lot of people say, well, respect and, but I always feel like we have to really teach people, well, what does that look like in everyday life? And, and so that is such a great example. My question to you is, why do you think we don't notice? What, what causes people not to notice, Linda? Because so you say they don't, when, when there's a, pri- when we have privilege, we might not notice, we might, might not take things into consideration. What what causes that to happen? Well, um, the, I think one of the largest things is we, we only know our world. And if we're accepted in that world all the time, we, we don't see difference. So I'll give you yet another example. Okay. Um, I'm non-binary. What that means is I don't identify with either being a woman or a man. And yet a lot of people look at me and um, label me woman and make that assumption. And I remember being on a telephone call recently where there were a a lot of us on the call. And 
somebody just they they wanted to be kind and inclusive and so they they were um just using kind of folksy language and they said something like come on ladies you know we can do this together and mm. it was so crushing to me because it was such a statement that i'm not they, they don't even see me there mm. like i'm not a lady you know and to for me to interrupt the discussion and center myself um, just didn't feel appropriate because there was so much that, you know, of the topic that we had to discuss in the phone call that it would have been a diversion. And so mm -hmm. I just had to sit with the discomfort. Now, I'm sure that um, the majority of people didn't even notice that that was problematic or think about how I was excluded from the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I know that for the rest of that conversation, there was just this, this feeling of discomfort and stuff running through my head that stopped me from being fully present with people. Mm. So that's an example. And I, I imagine that, no, that a lot of people, when they make assumptions about me being a woman, are not meaning to be hurtful and they don't even know that what they're doing is problematic because the world is built for them. Like right. they you know, everybody is so accustomed to using he or she pronouns right. that they don't realize that when you make those assumptions, there are some people that are just going to be falling by the wayside. Mm. That's a great example. I think I think something that we can all re relate to for sure in terms of that crushing feeling. So that I I love that example of how it kind of slips out of people's mouths. They're so used to it is what you're saying. We're so used to being in this world that we, we don't even think not of 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 how we're phrasing something or how that might, or we make some assumptions. And, right. and, and I also want to like give you another example that's really sure. quite different from that. That is another day that another way in which there are like everyday slights against people. Uh -huh. So um, I think about in hiring people for jobs and the job might have certain criteria like having a college education mm -hmm. and what we know is that there are a lot of people who can be really smart who can know a lot about a particular topic but they haven't been formally educated and one of the reasons they might not have been formally educated was because maybe they don't come from a family of money and you know they were so busy trying to support their family that and that there was no time or energy to mm. pursue a college degree, but yet their life experience has taught them so much that's maybe equivalent or better to people that have that actual degree, but mm. they're not going to get through the hiring process So true. because there are so many conventional ways we have of valuing people that we mm. don't see the ways in which so many people don't have access to those ways of being valued. And also that their unique experience, that when we limit ourselves to seeing only those conventional values, we lose out 
on the amazing stuff that other people could be providing and giving to our world. Mm. So, so privileged people, by staying in their privileged world, lose out on what we can get when we celebrate the diversity of everybody's experience. Hmm. Wow, Lindo, you know this is a huge undertaking, right? I mean, it is, you know, it's but, it, it's huge, and and I'm and I'm 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 at, I'm ask. This feels like a calling when you when you speak about this. This is this is a real shift for me, just from an emotional detox standpoint. When, when I process emotions and I work with people, we go to that space of unconditional love. I know what the space of unconditional love feels like, and it is quite different. So I have to go into that space um, and know that, and that's where I know this is possible. (laughs) Right. And I think the the work that you're doing is beautiful. And let me try to help make the connection between your Mm. work and my work, because I think that this is like one of the critical things that's so hard for people to understand. Yeah. Um, That um, I think it's really helpful that we recognize that the emotions that we have are not just ours to own and manage individually, but Mm -hmm. they arise in a cultural context. And there's a reason why we feel certain emotions. So, for example, I think about how so many women are unhappy about how their bodies look. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not surprising in this world where there are so many people profiting off of their discontent, like the people who are selling diets or makeup. You know, they have to get us convinced that we're ugly or there's something wrong with us. But if we only buy their stuff, we, we can achieve acceptance and belonging and we're okay. Yeah. So our emotions are very much part of the larger culture. And so we can't, so while we all have to manage them individually, and I applaud you for helping to support people in doing that, there's another step I think that's always important because even if you do your detox, right, you then go back into the world that created those difficult emotions in the first place. Mm. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be harder to hang on to all of the valuable stuff that you've learned about yourself and all of the self-love yeah. when you're, you don't meet up with that in the world. So I think it's great if we have yeah. people all along the spectrum, you know, helping us to manage this individually and then also helping us to manage this in the context of community also. Well, I think you're quite gifted at, at teaching this Lindo. I, I, I really do. And I, I don't know. I think it's almost as if you have to be trained to teach it the way that you're teaching it. And, and so it doesn't feel because people will push back as you know, Right. I mean, it's kind of like when it reminds me of when I, <laughs> I used to go 
and I, I was writing about anxiety for a long time. And I always said, it's interesting when you're trying to sell a book on anxiety and you're at one of those booths and you got your books there and some people will run to you and some people will run away from you <laughs> because they don't, they, they look at the title of your book and they just, it's kind of fun. It's really a whole social experiment watching people walk by your table and, it, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit that some people are going to shut down. I think you're really good at this, Lindo. I think you need to, well, you are a leader and I hope people are hearing because if this is something that you want to bring into your organization or your family, I think you got to get her book or Lindo's book, the, their book. See how I messed that up. And that's, so let's talk about my mess up. Lindo. <laughs> well, here's what I want to say. What was beautiful yes. about your mess up was you caught yourself right away and you corrected yourself. And we all, you know, make mistakes. And I don't think that the problem is in the mistake. I think the problem is in not growing from it. And, uh, you know, it makes sense that people are going to make that mistake. I mean, you're hearing my voice right now. And it sounds like what you've been taught is a female voice. Yes, so yes. it's natural that that happens. Yes. So you just modeled for people how you deal with the cultural conditioning that got inside of you. And you did a great job with it. Oh, thank you. So this is why you're beautiful for this. And the, this is how it looks, everyone, that you have to give people a little space because I have many clients and and that, that are non-binary and I I'm constantly apologizing. <laughs> and I, um, it does help, it does help that I can see they right there. So I want to make that recommendation to people that if you can give a little visual cue, <laughs> because not everyone is, you know, I can't remember names half the time, Lindo. I, I really, I have to write things down and reminders. And, and I, I think that's important to put up visual reminders, just like we're reminding everybody to wear a mask. Do you agree? Yeah. And I also think that when you live in a world where it's more normalized, you're less likely to make that mistake. Mm. So if you have a lot of non-binary friends in your world, it's just you know, it's not something you think about. It just, at this, you know, after a while, it becomes pretty natural. So that's one of the, that's one big thing people can do is to expand their social world so that not everybody looks like them. And that will help them to um, be in this world of belonging. And what, I, also, I also, there's one other thing that came up as you were talking about, and I appreciate the fact that I am able to offer people grace when they make a mistake, that it doesn't, it doesn't feel so harmful to me, mm -hmm. but it wasn't always true for me that, mm -hmm. that there were times where I didn't feel so confident and safe in my gender identity. And so every time I heard it, it would, it was like, you know, getting kicked in the gut. Oh, interesting. And and, you know, I want to, so I want to also give people their per permission to be angry when people make mistakes, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. not always offer grace because, um, you know, that's, that's also like a part of our experience. Like we, like we can't expect marginalized people to, um, 
um, to, to be so accepting of other people when they have such a long history of not belonging because then every little thing triggers something much larger. Mm. So I think instead that when you do hear somebody getting angry or pissed off at you because you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you made some kind of a racist statement or you, you made a non-binary assumption that you listen to what's in that anger. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that there's a lot of really valuable stuff that can come from that. And um, that we, uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, it, I, you know, I appreciate that I can offer people grace in a lot of circumstances right now. And I appreciate those, what, how helpful it was for me and other people at those times when that wasn't possible for me. Oh boy. Would I love to have you on the emotional detox now platform. Um, I mean, it, Maybe it's maybe at some point we can we can all you can come on and move through a cleanse and have some conversations with some of the members there. I would love that. When you say kicked in the gut, this is something that we would we would put into the cleanse, which is the emotional detox and the steps, because that that hits home, you know, that language that hits home, that, that feeling of being kicked in the gut. So I really want everyone to kind of take that in. Um, and, and then give yourself permission to process that because it brings up emotions in everybody. You know, some people feel bad. Some people feel guilty. Some people feel angry. Um, and we process them and then sort of renew that energy. So we can, we can create, I I'm with you a hundred percent, Lindo, that this, I believe we are creating a new world. I believe there is going to be a new earth and that some of that energy is coming in. You feel like that vibration to me where you're really going to, you're, you're on a mission. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's exciting too. And I want to also just emphasize that I don't really feel alone with this. There are so many people that are doing amazing work that kind of feeds into what I do. Mm. And I think that we all have our unique ways of kind of participating to this big picture. Mm-hmm. And I value that, you know, so I, thank you for what you do, Shariana, too. Oh, you're so welcome. welcome. We're all part of this. We are and, part of it. You know, and, and also, like, I couldn't get this message out if you didn't invite me to your podcast, right? So that's another way in which, like, we have to support one another in yes. the kind of work that we do. Oh, yes. I was drawn. You know, I always feel guided. I go on my gut. I go on going, being guided. I, if something shows up in front of me, I'm like, I pay attention because I think, okay, that that's interesting. <laughs> uh, and your book really, I, I just was drawn to it. And, and then I looked at the messaging. I'm like, okay, this person needs to come on emotional detox. Once again, everyone, um, the book is called Radical Belonging, How to Survive and Thrive in an Unjust World. And you can grab that book, lindobacon.com. I would imagine at any bookstore, but lindobacon.com, correct? Well, I don't actually sell the book on the website. 
but okay. um, you're right that well, there is a website that'll give you a little bit more information about the book. Mm -hmm. And you're right that it's that people can find it at all their usual places. So you have, what do you, I guess, what have you learned thus far in, as you go around and educate people, what are you learning? Um, well, I suppose one of the biggest things I'm learning is that this message resonates for everybody, that everybody can, can recognize that, that the times in which they felt like they didn't belong and that there was something wrong with them and they were different. And they've longed for a world where people actually saw them and accepted them. So I feel like one of the most exciting things that happens whenever I've done a workshop with people is that we create a sense of community in the room mm. because you know, what I'm talking about is about being human. It's not yes. particular to, you know, non-binary people or to people who are black, although it takes different forms for everybody, mm. but um, it's something that we can all relate to. And I think that the more that people hear this, it makes sense to everybody. And yes, there are detractors of my message, mm. um, but what, but what I really think is they're detractors because they don't understand it fully. You know, they haven't really engaged with the broader idea. And that's why I love to do things like workshops because I, I get to spend time with people and help to make that transition happen. And it becomes so much easier when I'm not alone, when there's a community of people to talk about their experiences, because the examples I give might not resonate for people, but maybe there's something else that someone else in the group is going to say that's going to be very convincing to that person that came in quite skeptical. So mm -hmm. it just keeps coming back to this idea that we grow in community, we need one another. And I love being a part of community and having it, it, it's beautiful for me to mm -hmm. have this platform where people are paying attention to me and mm -hmm. um, that, that I can be one of the, the welcoming people into mm -hmm. a world if they haven't, particularly when they haven't felt very welcome in the past, that I can kind of be that connector to help them see that it's possible mm. and also to help them to see that the problems they're experiencing are not about them. The mm. problems are typically lodged in the culture, mm -hmm. um, but then they experience the difficulties as an individual. And well, the more that we recognize that, then the more power we have to, um, to recognize that the challenge we have in belonging is human. Mm. And in, in some ways we can then like celebrate it because it's what connects us to other people is our insecurities about whether or not we belong. Um, you know, that like we all want to be loved and appreciated. And so 
we don't, instead of seeing that as a weakness, you know, we can see it as this is what's going to allow me to feel connected with other people. Mm, I love that. Thank you. What is, what is something as, as our listeners, you, you've mentioned a couple of examples for us to think about and digest. What is, what is something else if someone's listening and they want to be part of this movement? Um, what do you call it a movement? It's a, it's a, it's a transformation. It's, I mean, sort of redefining the norms. Would you agree? Yeah. And so I, I'm not so sure that there's, you know, an actual movement per se mm. of radical mm. belonging. Um, although there are many people that are kind of on this path and, and saying this message, the, there is one place where there's a parallel movement, though, and that's what's called the Health at Every Size movement. And Health mm -hmm. at Every Size was actually the title of one of my earlier books, although I don't want to confuse people just because I wrote the book. Um, I don't want you to think I started the movement. The movement began long before I ever came onto the scene and other people created it. Mm -hmm. But um, Health at Every Size is on the one hand focusing in on size issues, right? The fact that most of us, that our culture says thinner is better and excludes people and tells people that we should be on diets and everyone should get thin. And Health at Every Size is trying to bust all of those myths. And in the process, it recognizes that weight is just one part of the picture and that everybody experiences these size issues in different ways in part based on other identities that they have so you're going to meet up with different forms of say discrimination if you're a black um, heavier person than if you're a white heavier person and you have mm -hmm. access to more resources that are going to be supportive of you you know, depending upon your other spaces of privilege or marginalization. Mm. And so Health at Every Size is very much of a social, just, social justice movement. So yeah. even though it's got as its folk, it started with its focus as weight, it's very much a larger movement that puts weight into the context mm. of culture. So a lot of these ideas that I'm expressing mm. are or all of these ideas actually that I'm expressing can be found in the health at every size movement. Oh, thank you for that. Now, if, if someone is listening and they, and they would like to participate in your workshops or this community, where do they go for that? You know, I'm not sure that I have the easy answer to that. Um, mm -hmm. Visit my website and you'll see lots of resources I'm on um, Instagram at Lindo Bacon, and you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter at Lindo Bacon X, because mm -hmm. Lindo Bacon for some reason was already taken on those platforms. But, okay. um, and interestingly, I live in California where non-binary is a real thing. Like it's actually on my license and mm -hmm. um, it's X is the symbol there, you know, not mm -hmm. M or F. Mm -hmm. So that's originally, I thought that that would help people to remember. Okay. But anyway, um, <laughs> that, that's not really what you want to know. 
Um, if you're interested in health at every size, there's mm. again, like just search it out. You'll find so many people that are part of this mm. movement showing mm -hmm. it in their unique ways. Mm -hmm. You'll find um, a website called HAES, that stands for health at every size, haescommunity.org. Mm -hmm. And that's a place where you can pledge your commitment and find a lot more resources. And if you buy into this system, you mm -hmm. can um, promote your services and let other people know. And all that's free on that website. Beautiful. So I mm -hmm. think that basically the way to find this movement is to just start talking with your friends and mm. you'll find that this is the world that most of us want and mm. there's all we we can start to create it in all of our little pockets and it's accessible to us without following a particular individual or uh, you know something that's got a name to it mm. Yes. And, and, and I know you have a different viewpoint on that as well. Is that correct, Lindo, in terms of marketing and the way that we, sounds like there's a little bit of a different, um, an, another viewpoint there. Do you, am I picking that up accurately? Well, actually, no, I'm not really sure what it is that you're oh, Okay. Okay. I just meant in terms of, of marketing. Um, I, I do, I guess what I was picking, I'll, go ahead. I'll tell you one thing that I do in terms of marketing is yes. that one, one thing we haven't mentioned on this is like my credentials and what I've done before, mm. some of the things I've done before professionally, Yeah. but I come from academia and I have three graduate degrees, inclu including a PhD in physiology. Mm. And all of that stuff gives me a lot of credibility in the world like people are more likely to accept the idea uh, that, um, you know, when I'm busting all of these myths about weight, because mm. I have that credibility behind me because I've been a researcher and I've studied it. Um, so they'll listen to me more so than they'll listen to me that doesn't have, listen to somebody who doesn't have those conventional credentials, mm -hmm. or they'll mm -hmm. listen to me as a person, as a thin person, um, because they might be more suspect sometimes in some mm. circumstances, if mm. someone larger is promoting a message of body positivity, mm. although in some circles, right, it, it, it's easier and better for larger people to be promoting it. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, one of the things that's been important to me then is to preserve my identity as a scientist as, and a researcher. Mm. So for that reason, I don't sell anything. Like I don't sell my books. I don't sell mm. a program. Mm -hmm. I, because I, I don't, I don't want to be involved in that whole commercial aspect. I mean, I respect other people that are doing it. And I think it's really important that people are doing it, yes. but my unique way of being in this world is to try to avoid that commercial aspect as much as possible. And I have to say that you can't do this unless you have a lot of pr privilege and security yes. um, to so true. not have to you know, <laughs> yes. constantly negotiate yeah. for the money to be able to spread the mission that you want to. Yes. So, yes. That's what I was picking up on, Lento. I was picking up on something there. And thank you for so, 
Yeah, so what you're picking up on is the extraordinary amount of luck and privilege that I have in the world and the ways in which I want to use it instead of just benefiting unfairly from it. Yes, interesting. Oh, wow. This is, yeah, I could spend a weekend with you and I would probably come out a different person, right? That these are wonderful discussions. Thank you so much for for bringing them, for being open to these discussions on the show and, and for your book, right? For contributing in the way that you do in the world. Thanks. It's been delightful to talk to you, Shariana. Oh, Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Emotional Detox now. And remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Take care and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Cleansing Live with Sherrianna, go to EmotionalDetoxNow.com today.